Tonight, I'd like us to consider the importance of the Bible and what the Bible is. That we heard in our first reading, how the people gathered around Ezra as he read the scriptures to them. As I just read to you, we heard about how in the synagogue, uh, the people gathered and Jesus read the scriptures to them. And we tonight start the first part of the Mass in that same pattern, gathered to have the scriptures read to us. So I think it's important for us to think about what the Bible is and why it is we can trust it. Now the first thing I think it's useful to point out is how our scriptures are different from the scriptures of the other religions. So if we think, say, of the the pagan religions before Jesus, um, they had their books. But like the Greek fables, well, they recorded things that no one thought had actually happened. That's why they called them fables. We might note also that our scriptures, contrary to some others, they're not primarily books of law. They're not primarily books of instruction about what to do. That our scriptures are primarily a recording of the events that happened in history. Certain specific events by which God was acting. That the Jewish and the Christian claim. And in thinking of the Bible, it's very important for us to think of ourselves as the successors, the heirs of the Jews. The Judeo-Christian claim is that God was active in history. That in a particular place, at a particular time, to a particular people, he did things. That he did things among them and for them that he revealed himself to them. And with that revealed how he wanted them to live. That if you want to know about the one true God, if you want to know about the God of the chosen people, then you need to look at what that God has done. So in the the Bible, in the The Hebrew has this word, debar, which indicates both word and action. That when God does something, he is speaking. And when he wants to speak to his people, he does something. A thing that shows something, that teaches something. And so if we want to know God, if we want to know what he teaches us, then we need to know what he's done. What he's done in the events that are called salvation history. Now for us in the modern world, that leaves us with a bit of a problem. Because we live in a very sceptical age where people doubt everything. And in particular, it's taught us to doubt the accuracy of the history recorded in the Bible. So to have a right understanding of that, I think we need to know 
Apart from anything, that the type of history is different in different parts of the Bible. So, for example, in the beginning, the book of Genesis, it will often record hundreds and hundreds of years in just a few sentences. So that's a very abbreviated form of history in terms of its accuracy. Then we might note also in, in Genesis, in the creation accounts, that even bigger events and bigger time periods are described in very short verses, and then mixed in with symbolism as well as fact. So was the devil literally a serpent? Was the original sin literally a fruit? Well, our Catholic faith tells us we don't need to think, read those texts in that way. But the key point is that what the Bible is describing is a connection between a series of events, a series of events in history, from a, a beginning to an end, from creation in Genesis right through to the end of time and the apocalypse and the last book of the Bible. And the Bible is laying out a, a connection between all these events. That the same God was active doing things in all those events written in our scriptures. And if we read about those events, if we see the connection between those events, then we know what God has done, and not merely what he's done, but what he's shown us. And so when we gather for the Mass, we gather and read not from some random book, but from the book that records for us his events in history. And then the culmination of everything that he did and everything that he said came in Jesus Christ, came in the Jewish Messiah, the fulfillment of the old, that he is the one who took flesh, God directly entered history, took human flesh. What did God look like? What did God do? In flesh, he was seen in Jesus Christ. And that's why the historical accuracy of the four Gospels describing Jesus, his life and death and resurrection, is much longer and much more detailed than any other part of the Bible. Because it's so much more significant. And that's why we heard St. Luke in the start of the passage I read to you tonight laying out that claim about accuracy, about how the Gospels record only what eyewitnesses saw. Witnesses that they knew, witnesses they could question, witnesses they could say, well, did it happen here or there? Did it happen like this or like that? And witnesses about the events that have taken place among us. Not in some far-off place, but written down about the things that happened among them. All put together, as we heard him say, in a well-ordered account. So to bring that all together, the narrative of the Bible unfolds an account of God's relationship 
with his chosen people. It's often called the the description of his love story with his chosen people. And like all love stories, it's got its high points and its low points. But the key point is this. That you are a part of that narrative. You are a part of that chain of history. That you, if you have chosen to be united to Jesus Christ, you have chosen to be united to that chain of history, that series of events in salvation history. You are, by being united to that history, an heir of all the promises revealed in that history. But you can only become a part of that history if you know that history. And that's why we read the Bible. Read the Bible hopefully at home. Read the Bible at Mass. To know the history and narrative that we're a part of.